A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming, Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with Constructive D. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but if we were, we probably would have signed Shohei Otani. Anyway, here's again, I am... Race Cube on the various socials that haven't burned in hell yet. And with me are Jeff and Adam of Obstructive View. How was your Thanksgiving, gentlemen? It was pretty good. Actually, I actually managed to eat most of my leftovers, so big win. <laughs> Same. Yeah, not bad. Watched a lot of TV, ate a lot of food. No one got hurt. Oh, no, yeah. it was a success. Excellent. Yeah, so we were hoping that something would have happened by now because, like, the first domino was supposed to be Shohei Otani. That finally dropped. Actually, I guess the first domino was Juan Soto uh, being traded, and there were a bunch of, like, random little deals going on. But the Cubs have essentially done nothing, and that's kind of uh, frustrating, but also that's kind of part of the course because uh, a lot of the time when the Cubs sign somebody big, it's usually later in the offseason. So uh, we talk about the uh, big bombshell, uh, Shohei signing with the Dodgers. I talk a little bit about his salary and, you know, just how do you really force the action without really uh, penalizing the free agents because they've earned the right to choose where they want to go. It was this really funny thing with uh, all the journalists uh, not knowing exactly what's going on. And then uh, Bob Nightingale, of all people, called him out, and we can wrap it up with what the Cubs should do now that they've lost plan A and plan B. How's that for a plan, gents? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow based on what i understand uh shohei otani has agreed to sign with the dodgers is not official yet uh there are rumors that the dodgers are trying to clear a couple of 40-man spots for both him and joe kelly uh one of those is not like the other 10 years 700 million dollars most of it deferred yeah reactions guys uh i'm shocked but not really it's, it's higher than I thought, for sure. Um, like, I don't know if I would have been excited about the Cubs signing him for $700 million. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I guess the future value of that money, the overall value, is not $700 million because, of course, you have inflation and stuff. So, yeah, there, there's something that they're doing to restructure the deal or structure it in such a way that he's lowering their tax, luxury tax debt. And that's actually codified into the CBA that everybody agreed to. So, you know, we can't really fault anyone but the owners, right? Like, it, they did it. So it's not like anything's illegal or anything. The Dodgers are basically playing by the rules. 
and they happen to just offer the most overall money so that the agent can say, oh, I, I signed my client to a $700 million contract. And, you know, he's making more than Messi did in that one contract he signed. And he's made more than Aaron Judge and probably some other guys combined. So now, like, where do we go from here? I, I don't think this kind of contract can happen ever again because there's only one unicorn of a Shohei Ohtani, right? Yeah, I mean it's a one-off. I don't, I don't think it affects any other any other free agent contract. Though it is kind of funny to, to see people, or or maybe just you, I guess, in this case, talking about the you know weirdness for the the CPA. Like compared to like NFL contracts, this is this, this is nothing compared to like the crazy shit they do, like having like four void years that all these other crazy games they play for their for their salary cap. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that in baseball, but. You know, maybe they've learned. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't think that it's anything to the level of the Bobby Bonilla <laughs> 50, 50-year whatever contract uh, he had with the Mets where it was deferred that long. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like it, it's not deferred past the, the 10-year mark, right? So, I mean, that's in baseball terms, that's that's not that long at all, really. I mean, at least in the extraordinary, ridiculous deferment category. Oh, I assume when they said deferred money, and that's what they meant, that it was past the 10 years. Oh, then I guess I don't understand why it's 10 years if they're going to pay him <laughs> for more than 10 years. Uh, he's but, only required to play for them for 10 years. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, he, he's going to play for them for 10 years, and I guess the AAV is going to happen during those, those 10 years, but because of the deferment, the AAV is actually much less than the 70 million uh, that so have, we otherwise would have done. Have any details at all emerged as to how deferred that would be? Uh, not to my knowledge. Like, there's a lot of people kind of doing some guesswork with, you know, uh, just kind of estimated numbers, uh, educated guesses, as it were. But uh, nobody knows anything. All we know is that. Basically, what's been leaked is that a lot of it is massively deferred. And the thing is, like, if the Dodgers are signing Shohei Otani, I don't think they're stopping there. They're already over the tax. They're going to keep going because uh, they're the Dodgers, right? And I guess both Jeff and I, uh, last time we talked, we were like, yeah, if he's going anywhere, it's got to be the Dodgers, uh, unfortunately. Uh, for Toronto fans, it was not the Blue Jays. I think they got played. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what the heck that was. But, uh, yeah, there's just a really good situation for him there. He's playing with two former MVPs. He's playing with a bunch of all-stars. Uh, he's playing with, like, the resurrected uh, corpse of Jason Hayward, you know. And now they need pitching. And so I just saw on Twitter Bruce Levine is saying that, oh, uh, they're also going to try to obtain Tyler Glasnow from Tampa Bay. And you're just like, wait, weren't the Cubs supposed to do that? But now they're not going to have the chance because, simply put, the Cubs are nowhere near the situation that Atlanta or Dodgers are at. So I guess there's there's only so much that Jed Hoyer can do right now, which is very unfortunate for us as fans. But also he hasn't done anything yet, so maybe not. don't panic yet. I, I'm definitely not panicking about anything uh speculative being 
put out there after that debacle. I do uh, want to take a second and give Otani the Kevin Durant, uh, LeBron James uh, treatment. And just, okay, if you want to walk into a team that's already stacked and be just another guy, you know, who's going to ride the coattails of uh, uh, an already super team, so be it. You know, I genuinely, no hate to him for taking $700 million, but for picking the Dodgers and being, you know, yeah, he's the best player on the team, but it's hardly a conventional team it's like they're trying to assemble the the brooklyn bombers all over again i genuinely hope that he never wins a playoff game and he gets exited in the first round every time they make the playoffs because i will never ever ever cheer for the dodgers to have any success whatsoever in the mlb postseason so yeah i think it's like he was going to the blue days i was I was very excited for, for both that reason and because he wouldn't be in the National League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no hatred toward greed. I just don't think he's got much of a spine. <laughs> I, I'm giving the same speech that uh, Rebecca gives to Zava when he's getting ready to sign with, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso, but yeah, when he was getting ready to sign with the, uh, oh, now I can't even remember. I don't, I don't care about soccer. I only like the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just weak sauce. It's like, how competitive are you if you – I understand wanting to win a World Series, but I don't understand wanting to do it in such a stacked scenario. And if they do trade for Glasnow and they get rid of whatever prospects they do have, I cannot wait to see the Dodgers in five years. I mean, I mean – <laughs> To, to, to be fair, he already did the opposite of the Dodgers for the past uh, six years or whatever in Anaheim. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, uh, I, 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 I get it. Um, but I just think I think it's weak, and I think his clock. He doesn't have ten years to win a World Series. You know, like Otani is going to be good for the next five years. I think it's pretty certain. Yeah, that's pretty certain he's not going to be a two-way guy at the end of that contract anymore. Right, yeah, and he might not even be a one-way guy by the time that contract ends. I mean, he's, for a 10-year contract, he's old, and there's no guarantee whatsoever that he will ever know what it's like to play in a World Series, let alone win one. Yeah, I don't think he's ever even been to the playoffs, not even the strike-shortened year, right? Was he there uh, with Trout? In 2020, does anybody remember? Maybe he I was injured. Read. Maybe he was injured that year. Is that I his first time that he's never played in the postseason. But yeah, yeah it's getting get weird. I think it's mostly a marketing opportunity for the Dodgers, for sure. Like they they are basically like ground zero for Team Japan to come to LA, right? Because Shohei's there. Shohei's their their white knights. Their their beacon. So it's, it's going to like just attract MPB uh, superstars, or at least that's the theory, right? Like they they need some other motivation in order to do that. But having the best possible player on the planet at this time on your team is a very good recruitment tool. So that has some value. The bat has value. The fact that he might be able to pitch in the future, 
at the level that he has as value. So it, I don't think they're going to lose money on this, but they're also going to be, like you said, there's going to be a lot of increased scrutiny if they don't win, if they get bounced out of the first round, if, you know, heaven forbid for them, they don't even make the playoffs because that can be possible. That's happened to a number of teams that have overspent in the past and in, in recent memory too. So there, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them that wasn't there before. Oh, I agree. And I, I just look at the experience of playing for the Dodgers. I'm, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of great things, but you've got the first two innings in the last two innings when you're playing your home games where you're watching people still coming in and you're watching people head toward the parking lot. That's not my idea of the dream of, you know, playing for fans in front of the United States. That's not the, uh, that's not my ideal scenario when I'm a star baseball player, you know, I'm sure he's thinking beyond the regular season, but in regular season games, it's going to be a while before he hears a super loud stadium cheer him on for the end of the game. Enjoy it and your money, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you pay me $700 million, I'll just do whatever you want me to. But at the same time, I wonder, because as soon as it was dropped that he was going to the Dodgers, a lot of fans, a lot of Cubs fans and other teams fans were like, oh, for that amount of money, I absolutely did not want him. I didn't want him anyway. The latter, I disagree with. You, you absolutely want the best player on the planet to be on your team. The former I can get with, and, and I think I said that on the forum, and I think, think you guys generally agree with me, $700 million is a lot of money to spend on the guy who doesn't even play the field, right? So it's it, it has a lot of inherent risk, and not just because of the fact that he might hurt himself or completely suck, it's that he's taking up a roster spot and not helping you on defense for the most part. So I, I don't know how much that factors in, but that, that number that starts with seven is a huge deterrent for, like the, I, I guess, the bulk of fans, even if they did want him on the team. So I guess I'm not completely disappointed. Like 700 was too much for me, but but he's he's such a unique player. It breaks my brain. Even aside from on the field, like the Dodgers are going to recoup a lot of that just from the sheer amount of money flowing from Japanese media <laughs> to him, especially if they're good. Unlike the Angels, you can only imagine how much money the Angels got out of that. Yeah, I I don't I I don't care at all what the total was in vacuum anyway. Um, 700 million is still pretty much uh, over the course of that time, a drop in the bucket for the Ricketts family. Uh, when it's an investment in someone who's going to help your money-making baseball team make even more money and increase in value, it's not that huge of a commitment. As much as it seems like this overwhelming tsunami of money just flowing away from your favorite team. It, I, I don't care about the number in and of itself, but when you think of it as a Cubs fan who's experienced what it's like when the team spent a fraction of that money 
on Jason Hayward and then suddenly went into, okay, uh, we, we can't spend any money on anybody else. That's where the alarming part comes in. It's not, oh, I don't want my team spending that much money. It's I don't want my team spending that much money and then not budging anytime there's an opportunity to acquire another great player. And I think that's probably what a lot of people are seeing and maybe not expressing is that idea that if the Cubs had invested that money in Otani, that would be the only piece that they would add to the puzzle. And the Ricketts would just be like, okay, figure it out with that. And good luck in the draft and in trades because (laughs) I'm not giving you any more money to spend yet. So the the thing I'm thinking is if they are already going to swap that much money on Otani, they would have continued to add more because they're already above the tax and they're skirting uh, the the highest luxury tax threshold. And the fact that the the Dodgers were able to do this for the contract where they're deferring like the bulk of it to lower their tax hit is something that hopefully the Cubs are seeing now. And not to say that, you know, they weren't smart enough to do this, but maybe now that they see that such a thing is possible until they revamp the CBA to abolish something like this, they can now do this in the future. Like, say, Juan Soto comes onto the market next year, and the Yankees have so many contracts on their books that even the Steinbrenners who are surviving, who aren't George, right? They, they're just like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. Now he's available. Can they then do that kind of contract for them? Second thing is I got to challenge you. Okay, sure. In a vacuum, like if I spent $70 million a year on Shohei Otani, now I'm out of cap space because essentially that is a cap. But is that us rationalizing? You know, because we, we actually do want Shohei Otani? Or is, is that like a completely practical thing that we do? have to consider because as far as I'm concerned, this isn't my money. And if they were going to spend that much anyway, they might as well keep going. I don't think anybody would seriously be groaning if the announcement had been the Cubs signed Shohei Otani for $700 million, most of it deferred or, you know, however that broke down. And obviously I could be wrong, but I think the whining and complaining would only come as the offseason went on if they didn't do anything but sign Otani. And even then, it would be limited because I think people would be going bananas over, oh, my God, Ricketts are committed. You know, it's like the overly simplistic way that I broke down (laughs) teams and their approach to offseason. They're either all in. They are trying to kind of compete and eke in as a wild card team, or they're not competing at all. Getting Otani is all in upon all in upon all in. <laughs> if you offer him seven hundred million, you know the Dodgers, they are all in. Um, but at the same time, it really seemed when the Cubs got counseled that they're going all in too. They're just not that far in you know, beyond what anybody had ever experienced before as far as financial commitments to a player. So we'll just have to see how how much they're committed. But yeah, I think it's all rationalizing when Cubs fans are saying, oh, well, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted them to pay him that. Like, come on, 
you wouldn't have cared. It, <laughs> it, it, it would be Otani and the Cubs. We would be happy. The bill isn't coming in the mail to us. Well, unless you're a season ticket holder, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe eventually, but <laughs> it's deferred too, I guess. <laughs> Did you guys notice that they changed the season ticket thing? Because there used to be a wait list, and I was on the wait list, and they did call me because I think I was like the number 112,000 on the wait list, and they called me like a, a few months ago. So I think they I th- filed through the entire wait list, and now they have like four different tiers of season tickets. So you can buy like a 20 pack, you can buy like 40 pack, and then there are some other things that you can do. So I think they're like revamping the season ticket. Uh, situation so that like more people can can buy in but uh that, yeah i think really i think the list side. i think the list is gone i feel like i saw an article a week or two ago so they're they're trying to get more folks in uh for sure uh there's going to be money i think they're the fact that they own marquee and marquee is still going okay uh even in the midst of all the other bankruptcies with like valley sports and whatnot uh, that's probably a feather in the Cubs cap. They'll still have a revenue stream of some sort. They have the sports book now. They have that Wins for Wonderland. You know, they have all the concerts. So there is money coming into the Cubs. Are we disappointed that they haven't spent the money that they need to get like a marquee creation? Because one of the criticisms is that like, uh, even with guys like John Lester, Jason Hayward, and Dan Swanson, they've never gotten to $200 million with a free agent. And maybe that's good, even though you might be a year away or you're uncomfortable. If you want that talent, you've got to spend the $300 million. You've got to go up to $400. You've got to, you know, let's just say I'll defer a lot of it, but I'll still say I gave you $700 million. Oh, well, maybe, maybe it'll help. That, I mean, they could probably still spend some money. Uh, the Dodgers and Yankees have both made the big moves already, so there might, might be a little less competition. <laughs> I, I think it's it's anytime the Cubs do something that makes it seem like they're trying to generate cash right now, I get a little overly optimistic about what that means as far as player acquisition goes. But it obviously hasn't materialized. But I'm not that frustrated that it hasn't happened yet because there haven't been really that many big other big uh free agent signings you know there's still a lot out there we'll have to see but uh it will get as the names the possible acquisitions start to drop off the table it will get more and more frustrating but then there's always that hope that maybe somebody like christopher morell who seemed like oh this is a really good trade piece and maybe he turns into that, you know, what Javi turned out to be in 2015 is the guy that was in every single trade rumor. And then suddenly he was one of the most valuable pieces of that, that club for the next couple of years. So it, it could be one of those off seasons where it seemed like the Cubs were going to do a ton to acquire a ton of players. And maybe they get, you know, one or two interesting pieces and still somehow improve because of the influx of young talent and development of their existing young talent. Lester and Hayward were signed a year apart at around the same date in December. It's actually this coming week as of, uh, you, you know, as of this recording, it'll be like December 14th or 15th that they signed back to back years. 
So we still have about a week before we really have to panic about nothing big being being uh, having happened. And honestly, like we have until spring training, spring training, like pitchers and catchers don't even report until like Valentine's Day. So there's a long time. But the next question I got for you guys is, is there an incentive for MLB to really make things happen? Or do you think like I do that if they put like an artificial deadline or even a hard deadline on this? that it would be a very, very bad thing for free agents, like the people who have earned the right to choose where they want to work, but now I have to sign a contract before this particular deadline, or the GM has knows they have to sign a contract with this deadline. Who has the advantage there? I don't know. I mean, as long as it's in the offseason, I don't think a deadline will make that much of a difference. I mean, not too many people go all the way to spring training, at least to matter. <laughs> It happens sometimes, but it's pretty unusual. Yeah, it, uh, it it seems like there are two categories of free agents that tend to sign a lot later. One is any um, Scott Boris client. He will wait that thing out as long as possible, even if it means signing a temporary deal for, you know, for a holdout. Um, and then there's the Dexter Fowler type who's like, anticipating a ton of interest and it's just not quite there you know it's like maybe half the teams in baseball even would have extended him a a qualifying offer you know at that point so yeah i'm not i think the biggest deadline you have is other interested teams who are willing to fork over the money and give a player pretty much whatever whatever he wants so but yeah i mean like i wouldn't be surprised if Bellinger didn't get signed until it starts to get warm. Yeah, I think the Cubs are banking on that in a way because Bellinger's camp was looking for like a $300 million contract. And they're like, bro, you're not getting that. But anyway, it's Scott Boris, so who knows what magic he can conjure up. But uh, he's going to get paid. I just don't think it's going to be that much. And maybe that's what the Cubs are waiting for is that latter group where they're just like looking for uh, a particular free agent's market from Crater before they swoop in and get their quote value add. Which, if you're like kind of pro labor like me, you're it's kind of gross to think about, but at the same time, you know, they're getting paid a lot of money, they just aren't getting as much as they thought they would. A funny thing that happened uh, this past weekend when we all thought that Shohei Otani was going to the Blue Jays. So there were a lot of leaks and reports and tweets. And I think this just has to do with the way the media landscape is set up now, where everything has to be clickbait. You have to get it first. You have to drive traffic to your website. So how are you going to do that? You leak as much info as possible. And that's probably what's pissing off a lot of the old guard, like Ken Rosenthal, or like, I really wish something was happening. I wish that agents would tell us something so we could report it and nothing's happening. So I can't generate revenue for my particular media company. And then you have folks like Morosi who are, have probably been used by certain uh, parties to leak false information. And then they have to bear the brunt of the 
everybody's just venom because it was bad information. And then you have Bob Nightingale, of all people, uh, chiming in to say, hey, we got to step back and check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, which is a phrase that I don't think I can ever utter again because Bob did it. So <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, journalism these days? Like, what can we do to make sure that we don't freak people out unnecessarily? I don't know. Get new journalists. It's only the old journalists who are complaining, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, new journalists would be would be nice. I think there was this element, in addition to uh, the hubbub about the fake Otani story, there was this reaction among like Rosenthal and Stark saying like the GM meeting should be more fun or the winter, you know, whatever this is officially called that it, you know, there's so many reporters who, who swarm onto the scene and cover this event that baseball should do more to make it exciting because it brings so much attention to the game. And it was really weird to have reporters act like they were PR uh, firms, you know, for baseball in a way that, you know, didn't even seem really um, genuine because it really seemed like the reporters were acting like they were the story. Like, and for them, that makes sense because they come into these winter meetings like, Oh, there's so many deals that can get signed. And it's such a great time to get all these leads on, on potential trades and, and free agent signings. And it's so much fun for us, but to an outsider, it's like, dude, I don't care if it's fun for you or not. Like, if there's no story, there's no story. And it's not their job to make a deal at this, you know, baseball convention so that your job feels more significant or enjoyable. And there just wasn't a lot happening. And there's no reason baseball should make an effort to make the reporters seem more important. And if I'm misinterpreting what they're saying, I, I don't really care that much because I don't think they did a very good job of expressing it. I don't care if the winter meetings are boring. Yes, I wanted signings, but it is not, it doesn't hurt the sport if nothing comes out of it. And it's kind of a yawner. It's kind of exciting, but the rest of the off season will continue to be either exciting and rewarding or boring and disappointing or some mixture of those things. Uh, but th it really just seemed like it was a case of reporters just not being able to sit through a period where they didn't have anything to report. And, you know, it, it really culminated in that Morosi story feed, whether it fed off of or it produced someone sifting through the, you know, the jet plane records for, oh, there's a plane from L.A. to Toronto. It must be Otani. And it was the Shark Tank guy or whatever which is hilarious, um, <laughs> but they just, they weren't able to not report something and just be okay with that. And the fact that Otani came out and said, yeah, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to hold it against any team who leaks details. Uh, and then this possibility that maybe it was Otani's team that might have leaked something about going to Toronto would be pretty, pretty funny kind of a 
I can't tell if it's cheap ass or badass move, but it's one of those two things. <laughs> if, some some, if they're some like, sort of ass. <laughs> yes, yes. There was an ass There's involved for move. sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they played it. But yeah, and I, I think what's really disappointing to me is that since the Otani signing, I have heard only one nugget of other offers that were made. And maybe that's because the Dodgers haven't officially announced this deal yet. As I don't know if the physical required that's all, you know, pending physical. I don't know if it has finished pending, but uh, it's weird that not very little has come out other than one team saying, well, we certainly didn't offer 699 million because that's the question I want to know is how badly did the Dodgers bid against themselves against what everybody else was because 700 million, you know, I kind of look at rumors the same way as I look at like uh, reading home runs in a baseball game. You look at how the fans stand up and react and you can kind of tell, well, the center of where the fans are standing up tells you where the ball is going to go. It's kind of like that with rumors. Normally you'll hear something crazy on the high end and something, you know, not realistic on the low end and figure, okay, Bellinger's going to get, you know, 225 or something like that. Um, Nobody was saying over 600 million. I mean, nobody was saying into the sevens. So I want to know, was anybody even close? And I haven't heard Jack, but I don't know if people are waiting because maybe the deal isn't totally 100% official. But yeah, not a great time. Not a, not a great uh, stellar weekend for baseball writers across the board at all. Well, my favorite uh, unhinged uh, galaxy brain conspiracy theory is that they didn't have an agreement uh, when Otani announced it. He basically just said, Hey, the Dodgers signed me for ten years, seven hundred billion. I dared them to disagree. <laughs> I, I I wondered that, and I would love it if it happened. Like that, that would that would just take such gigantic balls. That <laughs> only, but but that Otani that Otani has it could pull off. <laughs> I hope that's uh, true. <laughs> Are you uh, disappointed that it all like basically like Jeff and I said last time? that he was going to choose the Dodgers. He barely has to move. He knows the area. It's on the West Coast. It's a big media market, and it's a historic team, right? So the Cubs literally had no chance, even if they did that super hype video that they sent to, you know, all the free agents that they signed. So are we disappointed that the Cubs didn't get a fair shot? Yes. Do we think that they didn't give it their best shot? I, I don't think that's the case. I think they gave it a good run, but we won't find out until like a couple months from now when the deal is signed and the athletic actually posts like the postmortem of this is the story of what actually happened and somebody writes a book, you know, about it. But uh, yeah, it kind of really sucks. But the Cubs obviously have to do something else. They can't trade for one soda anymore. They allegedly cannot sign Shohei Otani, so they can trade for someone else, uh, probably uh, top of the rotation arm. Uh, they can trade for a bet. They can hopefully just like let Christopher Morrell be the best possible third baseman he can be so that we don't have to watch Nick Madrigal do it. Although whoa, 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 whoa,
Sorry, 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 we're, sorry. My we're bad. just <laughs> moving on from Nick Madrigal now? Come on. Your hero. <laughs> Who else am However, I going to I do really, really want him to be healthy and fit because I think he can be useful. I just think the team is better with uh, Christopher Morrell in the lineup. I think Craig Council has given him sort of a, a, a seal of approval. And I think third base is the most logical thing because a lot of people that you can sign or trade for right now are probably first basemen that, that you want to deal with. So I feel that's the best place for Morrell. Yeah, I think they would have loved to have Candelario back, but uh, he got weirdly signed by the Reds, <laughs> which, which is actually not necessarily a bad thing because it was such a curious roster decision since they have so many like young infielders. So I think Candelario made no sense at all. <laughs> He's going to play first base because they're not bringing Votto back, I bet. Yeah, Votto's Vada, gone, but I mean, they've got... Uh, that I always mix up mix up the names of these guys. Elliot I keep wanting Cruz. to call him Spencer. I keep wanting to call him Spencer Strider, but he's not. Some other double S guy. Steer. Steer. There we go. I think I thought he was the outfielder. I can't I can't remember all these random Reds. So I I just try not to think about the Reds because I, I feel like they're going to be just not as good as people think next year anyway. The Cardinals did get Sunny. Ray, but they also got two guys who will probably give up a lot of runs while eating all those innings. So maybe that's a good thing. So I, I feel like done the, nothing to worry me. <laughs> I feel like the division is obviously still winnable. So the Cubs just need to actually excite us via trade or via these value signings that Jed Hoyer and friends seem happy with. There's, a, there's no real marquee free agents left other than Cody Bellinger and maybe Matt Chapman, but I feel like a lot of us are not exactly excited by the prospect of Matt Chapman, Chapman right now. I mean, I'd be all right with Bellinger coming back. and I mean, you, 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 even before, uh, well, while Otani was still available, my plan was sign Otani and Bellinger and trade for you, Darvish, but... <laughs> I think I've ground that axe a little too long. Yeah, uh, you never know. I should say trade for you, Darvish, of three years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's still still better than a lot of of guys they have now. uh, He's so much fun. He's just just so much fun to watch. I know, I love him. He's fun to watch pitch on game day. (laughs) You can watch the... the, uh, the spreadsheet version, and he's still fun to watch. <laughs> and yeah, Matt Chapman does feel a little like if. Uh, oh, now I can't even remember uh, the the two first baseman, third baseman guys they brought in last year and got rid of by the end of the year. Oh, help me out! My brain just Hosmer and... Yes, Hosmer and the other guy. Like if they had a baby, it would be Matt Chapman. <laughs> Not super excited by that possibility, which means that is exactly what will happen. But I think the qualifying offer attached to Chapman might preclude that. I feel like the only reason why they were willing to sign Shohei Otani and get rid of the qualifying offer pick that would be attached is because it's Shohei. I feel like they won't do that with anybody else, especially now that they're picking like 14th and overall in the first round and then like 
17th otherwise, it's a lot of money to give up uh, in their stock pool if they did that. So, yeah, I, I think they'll try to bolster it through trade, keep some spots open. And it's really unfortunate that this team has such a high floor, but they're not ready yet. So they couldn't attract the Shohei Otani, who probably wouldn't have cared anyway since he seemed to like LA so much. But attract some other, you know, free agents too, you know. But there are a lot of guys next year. I feel like they're going to go through trade, and maybe by the time we hang out again in the new year, uh, something cool will have happened, and then we'll have a more complete team to look at. But if you guys are cool with it, we we can always do an emergency podcast like the night before Christmas and say, oh, by the way, the Cubs traded for like two or three top of the rotation pitchers and some relievers and now they have their first baseman and everything. <laughs> that would definitely be a nice Christmas present. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you know, aside from, you know, Otani and Soto were kind of the, the, the guys that you knew were going to be big splashes. And so it was kind of worth speculating, but there's so many possibilities and, other than just saying, you know, the the general things of like, yeah, we're we're opening up all the resources to get whoever we need. It just kind of seemed like a, a veiled, yes, we're in on, on Otani and we're gonna you know, make our efforts. But it does seem like he pretty much had his mind made up of where he wanted to go. Um, so, you know, hopefully, with all the funds that they had lined up aiming for Otani, they'll go after somebody. But it just it just feels like a lot of wasted effort to try and predict it just out of, you know, some type of rationale until you actually hear they're in on somebody or you hear some good rumors. It's it's just pure speculation and it's nobody's Otani levels of exciting to speculate about. So I'll just trust Jed to make the right decisions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, And I think. It's still in the situation where you just got to get in. If the Diamondbacks showed us anything, <laughs> you, you just get in, get into the playoffs and weird things can happen. So I think this team with a council attached, with a good farm system in place and with plenty of options going forward, even without plan A and plan B, uh, they can do it. They can definitely make the postseason, but yeah, I definitely like to see something before Christmas, but yeah, we'll just have to take that wait and see approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the good old league cubby blue wait and see approach. I'm on that train. Can't argue, Can't argue with you today. <laughs> right. So thanks guys for hanging out with me. Uh if nothing weird happens, we will see you guys next year. But uh, definitely check out our archives. Uh, check out our blog at obstructiveview.net. Our theme song was by Rich Deanna and Randall Sanders pulled the final out call from the 2016 World Series, which is Cubs one, and people forget that. So any last words, gentlemen? Pray for you, Darvis. <laughs> uh, talk to you on Wednesday when the Cubs make that big signing. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they might still get... You're Darvish because apparently the Padres are hurting for money now that their uh, RSM went under. So you might get your wish and maybe 
maybe that that would be a perfectly good third or fourth starter because uh, you're still pretty good, right? Well, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next year. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Go. It was more than just a game.